Welcome to The Outdoor Mentor, where the star of the show is the mentee. I'm your host, Colonel Retired Mike Abel, and every show I'll be interviewing someone I took on a hunting, fishing, scouting, hiking, or camping adventure. It might be someone new to the outdoors, or it might be someone experienced who is trying something new. The goal of this show is to inspire people who want to get started or who want to expand their outdoor experience to do that by listening to someone who's already took that leap. This show is not about experts talking, rather it's new outdoors people telling their own stories about how they got started. Today's guest is someone I met through a friend of a friend. His name is Twan Gardner, and he's a young man who I was told wanted to learn how to hunt, but not just hunt, he wanted to learn how to bow hunt and needed a mentor. I was asked if I had time to help, and of course I said yes. Twan and I are doing this podcast over the phone, so I apologize if the sound quality is not as good as normal. Uh, Twan, welcome to the show. How you doing? Thanks, Mike. I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? Oh, I just got my second COVID shot, and, uh, you know, everybody says it's, uh, um, you know, there's a chance you're going to feel terrible, but all I got is a sore shoulder, so I'm blessed. I'm feeling blessed, so. That's good. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Twan. Well, um, I'm 21 years old. Um, I've grown up in Louisville, Kentucky my entire life, and, uh, I, I like the outdoors. Before, um, uh, you and I met, I haven't really been out much other than, uh, going to parks, enjoying nature, and sitting by, um, riverbanks, um, yeah, and since this pandemic happened, um, I've been trying to get outside and in the woods and hiking and um, things of that sort a little more often. Yeah, Rob's with that. So you grew up in Louisville. Do you go to school here? Yes. Where'd you go to? Uh, PRP High School. Yeah, PRP. Yeah, back in the day before nine eleven, I taught a little high. I taught a little high school in Louisville. So yeah. I made my rounds for a little while there. Um, so uh, a good friend of mine, Griff Bowdy, uh, reached out to me and said, hey, um, you know, there's a young man trying to get into bow hunting. And who, who did you reach out to? What was your first step? Uh, my first step was um, get on, getting on the Kentucky Fish and Wildlife Department website, um, and doing some research on there, um, I saw the, um, I believe it was the Anglers program, and um, that eventually led me to um, their Facebook website. And they were, um, I was looking through there, and I saw people ask um, for mentors. So I took a shot at it. I sent out a post on the uh, group page and um, asking for a mentor. And that's when Griff reached out to me, who eventually connected me to you. Nice. Yeah. 
So yeah, the department's got two or three really good programs. They've got a uh, hook hook to cook, which is uh, their fishing program. Um, then they have field to fork, which is their hunting program for both deer and uh, turkey. And then they have a couple other programs like becoming an outdoor woman and some other stuff. So um, always yep. a good entry point to uh, start with the Department of Fish and Wildlife. Um, yeah, I was kind of uh, I was kind of excited because I started two years ago with another gentleman uh that i was helping mentor um and his name is joel and joel's been on the podcast and joel's really honestly he's going to be where he is now where you're going to be next year he's ready to hunt completely on his own in fact uh, uh we got a deer down this year and, and he got hands on got his got his fingers bloody and uh figured out how to field dress it and and uh, you know so you kind of start off as a mentee and you end up as a hunting buddy and and uh that's where i'm hoping we're gonna end up right that sounds good to me yeah man um so what motivated you to get into hunting um like i said earlier the pandemic really pushed me to get outside more and um uh, like hands-on in the woods practicing uh just researching and doing little things where I can do where I don't have to be in a crowded area or around a lot of people. Um, and also, um, I believe it was in the summer, my girlfriend had bought some venison home, uh, she had bought from a friend and, um, I think it was, uh, some ground venison. We made, uh, burgers out of, and uh, some steak. And I really enjoyed that. That was the first time I ever uh, eaten venison. And that was something that I really liked. And I thought uh, while I was eating, like, this is something that you don't typically see in food uh, markets. And this is also something that um, I can be self-sufficient on. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So she brought some home from a friend and you ate it and you're like, oh, my, this is kind of an entry point here. Um, yes. You told me after after a couple of, shoot, probably almost two months of practicing archery uh, and us working on your archery skills to get you ready to hunt. You told me, you said, I'm a foodie. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so you like to cook anyway, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. What's your favorite thing to cook, man? Um, my favorite thing to cook, uh, I really like Gordon Ramsay, um, Chef Gordon Ramsay. Um, I really like his, um, the, the style he cooks in. Okay, right on. It's nothing real, it's nothing really fancy. It's, uh, <clears throat> you know, things that the average person can cook at home. Of course, he does have his fancier things that uh, he can make, but he breaks that down so you can make that at home. Nice. So, was... And, uh, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No. Um, one of the favorite recipes I've gotten from him is um, his smoky barbecue pork sliders. And I just made those last night. Nice. I didn't even set that question up. <laughs> is he... You made them last night, huh? Um, yes. Yeah. After I found out you were a foodie, I, I gave you some. Uh, I gave you some stuff that most people wouldn't have a chance to eat from my own 
stash of uh, of wild game meat. Um, uh, we like to make breakfast sausage out of the bears that uh, that we harvest, and I've been blessed to uh, um, harvest a bear up in Manitoba, Canada, last year. And so I gave you some of that breakfast sausage, and then uh, then I took a goat up in Alaska, and I gave you some of that some of that mountain goat. Did you get a chance to to eat any of that? Yes, I did. Um, I like the bear, but not as much as I like the goat. I love the goat. The goat was something special. <laughs> awesome, thank you, man. I'm glad you like it. This is it's it's very rewarding, um, and and I love where your mind's at. You know, to to be self sufficient and and uh, to want to, you know, uh, source uh, your own food and, and be more of a locavore. Um, Back to hunting, was it intimidating to just reach out to strangers and say, hey, can you help me? Absolutely. I was, um, <laughs> as I was writing um, the status, I was kind of hesitant to send it. You know, uh, I'm an introvert person. Um, no, I don't really know anybody who goes hunting, so I can't really ask my family for advice or anything like that. So it was just really hard for me to reach out and ask for something some, um, that I didn't grow up around right. doing. Well, I'm glad you, I'm glad you had the courage because I think um, without getting sappy or anything, I think God was looking out for both of us because I, <clears throat> I was ready to mentor somebody new. And the funny part is we're about exactly the same size, so – uh, right. I had a bunch of gear that I could hand down to you that was still in good shape. You know, I was like, man, I was looking for somebody and, and here he is. So it was pretty slick. Um, you didn't take the easy way out. You decided to bow hunt, which is, yes. you know, becoming proficient enough with archery equipment and not a crossbow. Actual archery equipment is difficult. Um, can you talk about that for somebody that might be thinking about doing uh, doing it the way you did it? Uh, for me, the choice of bow hunting instead of, you know, like a modern, uh, rifle or firearm or muzzleloader, um, it's the aspect of, you know, taking a life for my own needs. I feel like these are God's creatures, you know, some people say they're meant for us, but I feel like at least have a challenge at least more of a challenge getting those than, you know, I feel like aiming a gun and squeezing the trigger is a lot easier because typically you have a more of an open um, target area with a rifle or a firearm versus a bow and arrow. Yeah, and, and I respect that. Um I was I was impressed that you were very serious about it. It was um it was refreshing to see somebody want to do it the way they want to do it in the in the method that they thought was the right way. And certainly bow hunting is more difficult for many reasons, but one of the reasons is is, is to be an ethical bow hunter, you're going to be inside that animal's comfort zone. And you have to be good enough, quiet enough and stealthy enough and keep your heart rate under control enough to make an ethical shot. Whereas 
you know, quite often when you're hunting with a modern firearm or even a modern inline muzzleloader, the animal's far enough out of range that you can make a few mistakes. If you make a few mistakes in archery range, you're not going to get away with it. So, um, were you about tired of practicing and ready to hunt by the time, <laughs> by the time you actually got your hunt in? Um, yes, I was, um, you know, while we were practicing, you were saying we were about ready. Um, like you're just about there. I would, um, my groups were getting smaller and smaller and I was like, yes, I'm, I'm there. I'm ready to go. And no, it was just, I had to be consistent with those groups. Yeah. And, we, and I knew that, but I was just excited to get out there. Oh, I was excited for you to get out there too, but you know, you had the discipline and we both had the patience to make sure it was something that you were going to be able to do and do it right. Um, we practice probably six or seven weeks, at least once or twice a week, didn't we? Correct. Yeah. And then you practiced on your own too, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. So it was it was really rewarding for me um, to watch you get your own head out of your own way because you'd think too much and you'd you'd have a shot that was marginal and then you just relax and shoot and hit a bullseye and I was I was starting to gain a little. It's the, if anybody's listening to this that is thinking about being a mentor, it is very hard to explain the pride and how rewarding it is when the person that you're working with. And that, and that you're, you know, investing time and, and energy and, and, you know, fellowship and all that jazz. When they start doing real good, and, and I'm going to tell you right now, when Twan hits a bullseye and smiles, it'll, it'll brighten up your day. <laughs> it brightened up mine. Um, what was... What was I know it brightened up mine. <laughs> right, right. What was... Uh, what was the, what do you take what, you know, um, there's some famous bow hunters, you know, or famous hunters like, you know, the meat eater, Stephen Ronella. He likes to say when he's bow hunting, he has to remember to hold his elbow up. You know, everybody has to remember something uh, as a touchstone because making an archery shot on a live animal is very, very difficult. Um, what, what's in your mind, what is what the thing that you took away from our practice that you were um, going to use as a touchstone uh, to make your shot? Uh, the thing I'm going to take away is something you told me every practice. Breathe, relax, aim, squeeze. Love it, man. I absolutely love it. That's, that's the, that is the old, old army way of teaching marksmanship is to, you know, settle your heart rate, uh, relax as you aim and then take the slack out of the trigger. And it's, we've been teaching, the army's been teaching it for, gosh, I don't know, a long, long time. They taught it to me, uh, when I started in the, in the very early nine, late eighties, early nineties. Um, <clears throat> so are you still practicing? Uh, not as often as I should be, um, with the cold weather, and uh, some other family things I have going on, but I still get out there at least um, once, at, once or twice every two weeks. That's cool. Um, you texted me uh, this week and said, "Hey, are you going to turkey hunt?" So I'm thinking yeah. that I'm thinking that was your roundabout way of asking, "Are you going to take me turkey hunting?" <laughs> 
kind of, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you want to learn how to turkey hunt too, huh? Yes, sir. All right, we can make that happen. We can make that happen. We're probably not going to do it with a bow. Um, I've taken a number of turkeys with archery tackle, and it is it is exceptionally tough. Uh, I tell people if if turkeys could smell, we'd have to shoot them 500 yards with a rifle. They're just insanely smart, and they their vision and their hearing is just unmatched. So um, we'll get together on that. We also gonna one of the things that you know a lot of people. Um, fail to realize is is to be an independent hunter you have to learn a little bit of woodsmanship and you have to be able to scout for game to know what game sign looks like and to be able to put yourself especially if you're going to be a bow hunter to put yourself in a position where you're going to be in in close proximity to game you know where they're crossing a creek where they're feeding um where they're leaving sign you know like uh scrapes and rubs that have to do um with their mating or their rut rituals um so we're going to do some scouting um this spring too um because that's you know as you grow into a hunter that's capable um of doing all this on his own uh the scouting is you know it really can't be left out so um right i'm looking forward to that um so we did um, come to the conclusion on the range, um, uh, sometime after new year's that you were ready to go. And, uh, then we just had to find a day, um, where the weather wasn't atrocious and, uh, get you into the field to hunt. So did you sleep the night before? It was very hard, but I knew I had to. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I was I was sitting I was sitting on the front porch of the farmhouse, man, just waiting for your car to come down the driveway. I was fired up for you too. I was very excited. Um, cold day. It was a very cold day. Yeah. Yeah. Did uh, twenty eight degrees. Yep. Did you even see any deer? No, I didn't see anything um, other than about a thousand birds and two squirrels. Yeah, the uh, the songbirds were off the hook this year. It was a tough, tough deer hunting year for everybody I know. In fact, for me personally, um, I filled a Montana buck tag when I was out there with one of my veteran friends. But I um, I let five, six, I let seven smaller bucks go this year during both archery and rifle season in Kentucky because they just weren't something I was, you know, happy to, to harvest. I took a doe for the meat, of course, but, um, it was a tough year all the way around. It really was. It was one of the toughest year hunting years. It was a lot more people in the woods because of COVID and they had time to be out there. And, um, Uh and then it was really hot at the start of the season. And then all of a sudden, um, it just was, the weather was terrible. Right. Um, what are you thinking you need to work on going into this year? Um, as far as bow hunting, um, I feel like I need to add a little more practice into my regimen yeah. and work on um, my anchoring, uh, steadying my hand, uh, lowering my heart rate, and just letting the arrow fly. Man, I love hearing that. It's 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 rewarding to hear that you're you know that you're really paying attention for the practice 
um, the practice sessions. And, and now that the weather's breaking, you know, um, I'm going to be shooting competition archery. So um, probably here in about two weeks, we need to just, okay. you know, the afternoons or whenever you're free, we need to make sure that you text me and we get together because I'll already be out there practicing with my gear so we can practice side by side and um, okay. just, you know, if you've got questions and, or if something needs fixed or repaired, well, you know, I can be there to help you out. Um, are, are you an aspirational hunter? Do you have aspirations to, you know, uh, go out to Utah and hunt a mountain lion or, or go up to Maine and hunt a moose? Um, or is this really just about, um, a relaxing kind of Zen, get yourself out of the city environment, get yourself immersed in nature, and then potentially bring home some very high quality red meat. You know, where, where is this for you? Um, a little bit of both. Uh, I feel like getting away and relaxing and, um, be able to bring home, um, food, um, is a big part of it, but also, no, I really don't get to leave the city, let alone the state, very often, so I feel like that's a chance for me to do such. Yeah, I hear you. Um, we we kind of hinted around it, but you know, one of the things that happens every year is, um, you know, kind of in the uh, mid to late August time frame, I load up all the gear and, and I go west for shoot sometimes a month and uh we'll hunt we'll hunt multiple states for multiple species and i always tell i always tell my hunting buddies like you know if there's an extra seat in the truck you're welcome to go so um okay as as we move forward you know that's something to keep in mind if you want to go out and hunt antelope or or want to go out and hunt elk or you know black bears and whatever the deal is um you know, that's when you, you graduate from that mentee to that hunting buddy level. It's it's if you have time and a couple of bucks in your pocket, we can make it happen. Um, right. Have you been looking at any places around, you know, within an hour's drive of the city that you want to hunt? Um, I haven't really pinpointed a specific place. Um, at this time, I've been kind of focusing on... Um, working on my fishing. Oh yeah, there you go. Um, I like hunting, um, fishing for catfish. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't really matter what kind, flat, channel, blue. Uh, but I've been thinking about going to Paducah to go uh, fish for catfish. Okay, right on. I might have to introduce you to a few friends that have some farm ponds here uh, within an hour, hour and a half of the city. Paducah's a hell of a drive. Um, yeah. we got to get a couple of scouting trips in. Um, I'm, I'm also wanting to introduce you to uh, Maurice Rogers, who uh, was the first Backcountry Hunters and Angler Scholar. And uh, he's, uh, you know, somebody that has become a friend of mine. And, and we're, we're teaching. I'm being mentored as much as I'm helping him. So... It's a really good deal, but I want to bring him along on a scouting trip and and, and just do some hanging out on public land. As, as your mentor, I, I've got about three places I want to show you. I just wanted to see if you've been looking at the maps lately. Um, okay. You know, uh, 
turkey season is going to be exciting because uh, it's a much more interactive hunt. The animals, you know, the, the, the tom turkeys are going to talk back to us. And I, and I will tell you that the first time that you have a, a tom turkey gobble close to you, it's a concussion. It's, uh, it's, it's almost like someone's playing a set of drums and it, it will get your heart rate moving like anything on the planet. It's, it's quite addictive. So, um, I think you're really going to enjoy that. Um, moving forward, um, you know, one of the things that, one of the things that's going to happen when, when you're ready to hunt on your own is I'm going to ask you to pay it forward, you know, um, I, I get a reward out of this by seeing you successful. It, you know, it fills up my heart with good, good feelings to help somebody else. But at some point, at some point, you're going to be ready to help others, which is what this podcast is about. Trying to get your point of view on getting started as a new hunter and a new outdoorsman. Um, what would you tell, what would you, what advice would you give someone, you know, if I was a new person and I'm calling you and saying, you know, hey, Twan, I, I'm thinking about taking this, taking this trip. I'm thinking about making the leap and starting to, you know, try to become a, a hunter and a fisher and an outdoorsman. What would you tell that person? Uh, if you have the time and the patience, do it. Don't wait. Don't wait. Um, you know, reach out, do some research, and uh, find someone who's willing to help. Yeah, you certainly had the courage to do it. And, uh, you know, asking a stranger for help is, is something um, I think we need to do more of in this world. And, and being and being the stranger that's willing to give it when, when, right. at, when asked. So um, so we got a few lessons still to go. We still got a um, – both of us, you know, I'm never going to stop working on my archery skill. So we both got to work on our archery skills. Um, we're going to work on some scouting. Um Obviously, you're gonna go turkey hunting with me a couple times if we can make that happen. But then we got to get a deer on the ground and uh, learn how to butcher it, learn how to bring that that wonderful red meat home. So, uh, right. so we got plans for the fall. We absolutely do. Um, well, I appreciate your time, man. Is there anything? Um, is there anything else that you would tell somebody uh, who's listening to this podcast, who's new to the sport, or who's you know, uh, kind of a non-traditional hunter that's looking to get into it? Um, when you go out for your first time, there's no guarantee that, you know, you'll get that animal on the ground. So don't be disappointed. Just plan for the next trip, plan ahead, do a whole ton of research, and then do some more research. <laughs> right on. And, you know, enjoy the day. That's that's how my wife ended up uh, hunting with me. Um, you know, she didn't realize that most of what we do is just go enjoy nature. It's about, uh, you know, once every seven or eight trips, we actually get something. So, um, well, right. I appreciate you. Um I'm really glad that we got together, and I'm looking forward to, to doing more in the future. Um, and I will be in touch, my friend. Uh, so, 
for everybody that's listening to this, um, again, if you're someone who is experienced and you want to mentor someone, someone else, uh, I have to I have to recommend it. I highly recommend it. Um, you know, someone like uh, Tuan is now my friend. I would have never got to be friends with Tuan if it hadn't, if you know, he hadn't reached out and had the courage to, you know, um, you know, seek guidance for something uh, that he wanted to do in his life. So I think that was that was a blessing right there. So, you know, if you have the capability to mentor someone, please do. And if you are thinking about, um, you know, taking up the, the outdoors man or woman's lifestyle, uh, reach out. Don't be afraid to ask. Um, there's some good people out there, not just me. There's some, some really good people out there. So I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Um, you know, we don't do these podcasts very often because uh, we, we do them when we find someone and, and we, uh, we kind of use them as a checkup and a check-in uh, on their progress as a new outdoors person. And uh, so we'll, we'll reach back to Tuan, do another one of these after turkey season, and then uh, see if we can't do another one after uh, we have his first deer on the ground. So um, <clears throat> I'd like to also thank our friend Walter over at Louisville Toppers. Um, we don't get anything from, from him. Uh, he's an old friend. Uh, he's been a friend of mine for over 10 years. But he will give something to you. Um, this show is completely unsponsored, but Walter over at Louisville Toppers, uh, at 4040 Preston Highway in Louisville. Um, if you mention Colonel Mike or this show, uh, the outdoor mentor, uh, he will give you, uh, a cut, a small, uh, percentage off, um, of your purchases over there, uh, just because he and I are old friends and, and, uh, and we're sending business, uh, his way. Um, if you'd like to reach me, uh, you can do so at ranger, R-A-N-G-E-R, at theslowhunt.com. Ranger at theslowhunt, all one word, dot com. Um, thanks again, Twan. No problem, Mike. Thank you. Yep, we'll see you soon, bud. And uh, this podcast is part of the Slow Hunt LLC. Slow is smooth and smooth is fast. Thank you. One, two. One, two.